there, everyone. My name is Ari, and welcome to Made of Metal, a motivational podcast where we tell stories about regular people overcoming insurmountable odds. So good day to all you great folks. Welcome back from the break from last week. I hope everyone has returned from their vacays and staycays rejuvenated or just enjoyed some form of rest and relaxation over the last month. Growing forward, see what I did there, into May and a new batch of awesome stories to share with you all. I'm so excited. And as a huge fan of space and space exploration, I really enjoyed our last couple episodes featuring individuals that I legit knew nothing about because it really reminded me about how much I enjoy sharing these stories and learning and doing the research and showcasing these super important themes and hopefully being a light for you during your darker times. This podcast is all about learning and wellness, and I choose every story with a very specific focus of helping my listeners, which in turn is also helping me. So thank you for that. Now, the story I've chosen this week is a real knockout, and you'll soon learn why. The individual we'll be covering this week is one of the more larger-than-life figures that I've covered. This individual had a gift that planted them firmly in the spotlight, but it wasn't what kept everyone riveted to their seats whenever they entered a room. It was the words and action of this individual outside of the spotlight that really made people enamored with their persona. I mean, this individual grew up in discriminatory circumstances, as was the norm for many minority groups back in the day. But this person was more than vocal about their experiences while also working hard to spread awareness. I have to mention that this individual had charisma literally dripping from their pores, which made it a bit easier for others to listen to them as they were so easily able to enrapture their audiences. An icon, a superstar, I mean, we'll be doing a first this episode and featuring a super prominent sports figure. And I honestly absolutely love this person's personality and story. I admit I'm a little familiar with this person's story, but I think everyone is to a certain extent. This person had a successful biopic created in their honor, which featured Will Smith as the actor portraying them, which of course resulted in massive recognition of their story. But even without that, this person needs little introduction. So without further ado, let's get right into it. This week, we'll be discussing the butterfly, the bee, the boxer, Cassius Clay Jr., or by his more well-known moniker, Muhammad Ali. Cassius Jr. was born January 17, 1942, in Louisville, Kentucky, to his parents, Cassius and Odessa. Shout out to the January babies. And coming right out the gate with the lovely and unique name. So pretty. You guys know how I feel about that. Cassius Jr. was the oldest, with one younger sibling, a brother named Rudy. Cash's parents were both gainfully employed, with his father working as a laborer and his mother as a housekeeper. 
Having both of his parents employed may seem like a small feat, but when you consider the political and socioeconomic environment in the 1940s for African-Americans, it represented so much more. And although Cassius was described as intelligent growing up, he suffered through school and was diagnosed with dyslexia, a learning disability that made his academic experience a bit of a struggle. I'm sure having to continue to attend school during a time when the country was so polarized and violent didn't help Cassius at all. I mean, I can only imagine how difficult it would be to focus on schoolwork when you're worried about being kidnapped and lynched on your way home. And the South was notoriously dangerous for African-Americans at this time as well. In one of his biographies, Cassius described one event in his childhood that really impacted him for the rest of his life. In 1955, a young boy was kidnapped, tortured, and lynched in Mississippi in a brutal racist attack that left the nation speechless. The murder and trial of Emmett Till made a lasting impression on Cassius, as well as the racial discrimination he faced in his everyday life such as blatant segregation, which included the denial of access to basic resources. Cassius was a regular kid who would have to deal with the normal consequences of living in an impoverished area. When he was just 12 years old, Cassius had his bike stolen while in his neighborhood. Upon discovery of this heinous crime, Cassius was naturally upset and looking for the perpetrator. While he was brooding over his injustice, a police officer encountered Cassius on the street. Cassius promptly informed the officer that he was angry that his bike was stolen and was searching for the thief to whoop him, a sentiment that we can all relate to, I'm sure. The officer, by the name of Joe Martin, replied to Cassius, well, you better learn how to fight first. The officer just happened to be a boxing coach and offered Cassius to visit his gym and learn how to box. Initially, Cassius was cautious, as he wasn't interested in boxing in particular. That was until he'd watched a boxing fight on TV, and his entire perspective changed. After seeing the fight, Cassius made his way down to Joe's gym and began his first training program. Cassius would train over his early years with several different teachers, including other well-known boxers, each one imparting new knowledge and helping to ultimately mold Cassius's fighting style. In 1954, Cassius would have his first official boxing fight, the very beginning of an illustrious boxing career. And when I say illustrious, I'll have to add him some statistics for everyone to truly grasp what I mean. From 1954 to 1960, during the early part of his career, so he was basically a teenager, Cassius had a record of 100 wins with only five losses. In that six-year span, Cassius would win three national titles, six Kentucky Golden Gloves titles, and a gold medal from the 1960 Summer Olympics. This is literally just the very beginning of his boxing career, coming right out the gate, winning national titles and gold medals. Truly awe-inspiring. 
Cassius' debut performance in the Olympics turned him into a national celebrity. All across the country, everyone was talking about his speed and footwork in the ring, catapulting Cassius into the spotlight and setting the stage for Cassius to fight professionally. Cassius' reputation and word of his incredible fighting style quickly spread, and people far and wide would travel to watch him fight. At this point in his career, Cassius had a record in the professional circuit of 19 wins and zero losses, with 15 wins by knockout. And just because I thought this was hilarious, (laughs) included in that list of wins is one of Cassius' former trainers who challenged him to a match that, of course, Cassius won. I mean, truly the quintessential, the student has become the teacher moment. What a guy. I mean, I bet we all have a teacher we like to get into the ring with. (laughs) And this guy actually did it. Legend right there. Legend. This was also the period where Cassius developed his signature, unique, trash-talking style of taunting his opponents and using his charm to entertain and engage his audience. Surprisingly, this wasn't necessarily Cash's personality, but a marketing tactic that had been taught to him by a former boxer who told him that fans loved the bragging and trash talk. So keep it up. In 1964, Cash's had one fight that essentially was the hallmark of his boxing career and against one of the fiercest boxers at the time, the great Sonny Liston. Sonny was considered unbeatable, and although people thought Cassius was good, they never believed he would win a fight against Sonny. Sonny was the fan favorite, and without a doubt, picked to be the winner, making Cassius the unfortunate underdog. After a brutal and highly charged fight, a winner was declared. Lo and behold, Cassius won in spite of major hits and setbacks with a TKO. That's a total knockout. After the fight, Cassius faced the audience in press and shouted, I am the greatest. I shook up the world. I'm the prettiest thing that ever lived. (laughs) I will say this. I am such a fan of people having like good self-worth. I love hearing this sort of rhetoric. You have to be your biggest cheerleader. I mean, especially in a world that wants to see you lose. Like, it's you got to get up there. You got to say, like, I am the greatest, guys. (laughs) You just saw it, okay? (laughs) Live action. And just to make sure it's clear, Cassius was only 22 years old when he won the fight against Sonny Liston. This win made him the youngest boxer in history to win the title against a heavyweight champion. Although Cassius was basking in his newfound fame, he was also just as active and passionate outside of the ring with his personal beliefs and philanthropic pursuits. Cassius had been interested in the religion of the Nation of Islam since the early 1960s when he'd attended a meeting and met Malcolm X, one of the leaders of the Nation of Islam. He'd wanted to join before his historic fight against Sonny, but was barred due to his boxing, as the religion does not condone violence. 
To say that Cassius was vocal is the understatement of the year. This man spoke his piece, no matter who, what, or when. He would say how he felt. He was an avid advocate for African-American civil rights and empowerment. And after being accepted into the nation of Islam, he changed his name to what we know today, Muhammad Ali. Which, by the way, literally translates to one who is worthy of praise and most high. Religion, charity, and civil rights advocacy played a large part of Cash's life and he was not afraid of sharing his viewpoints on these subjects. An example of this, and one of Cash's biggest public controversies, was his refusal to fight in the Vietnam War, as it was against the teachings of his religion. He also found it ironic that during a time where he had to fight for his basic human rights in America, he was being asked to fight on their behalf in Vietnam. To further expand on his charity and commitment to bettering his fellow man, Cassius would work fervently in the public space of helping people who were considered at the edges of society, including doing food drives, helping the homeless and less fortunate, participating in marches to help Native Americans, and donating his time and money to many charitable organizations. Cassius even traveled to Africa and other foreign countries where he helped refugees and acted as an ambassador for America's interests. In 1967, Cassius gave one of the largest donations to the United Negro College Fund at the time and would often pay for his fights to be aired at certain historically Black colleges and universities. That same year, Cassius was formally summoned to be drafted which resulted in his outright refusal and arrest. He was barred from boxing, with his license and title being revoked for the next three years. Throughout this time, Cassius was traveling and speaking at African-American organizations and universities, continuing to speak and advocate for civil rights and equality. Although he was still traveling, National sentiments about Cassius were largely negative, with him receiving death threats and essentially being viewed as one of the worst examples of Americans during the war. In 1970, Cassius would receive the Martin Luther King Award for his civil rights work and advocacy. And just a year later, the charges against him were officially dismissed in 1971, and Cassius was allowed to return to his boxing career. After being reinstated, Cassius got right back into the ring for some historic fights against infamous opponents like Joe Frazier and George Foreman. He would also appear in exhibition fights while managing his own events for the promotional company that he'd started. It was around 1984 that Cassius was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, which began his physical decline but certainly didn't slow him down from his work. Cassius continued to speak, show support for his peers in sports, act as an ambassador for the United States, and provide humanitarian relief to foreign countries. Throughout his career, Cassius wasn't just a boxer. He was an entertainer, making several TV and movie appearances, 
as well as performing poetry. I thought this was a great little tidbit that people don't often know. And that was that Cassius was also an artist who would often draw and paint. This man was multifaceted in a way that wasn't diminished by his fame. As he aged, Cassius continued to be active in philanthropy, supporting several charitable organizations such as Make-A-Wish, acting as a UN messenger of peace in Afghanistan, and was even named on the list of the 100 most influential people of all time. He would receive numerous awards and accolades throughout his career, with the highlights being the Presidential Medal of Honor, as well as being named the Athlete of the Century. Cassius would also open the Muhammad Ali Center, dedicated to helping people realize their dreams and passions with the right support and resources. It's obvious that helping people was something that Cassius was passionate about, which I'm sure is a stark difference from what people assume about him based on his antics in the ring. It's sometimes difficult for people to differentiate between the person and the entertainer, but I believe there isn't a better example of that parallel than Muhammad Ali the boxer and Cassius Clay the individual. Muhammad Ali would pass away on June 3rd, 2016 in Scottsdale, Arizona at the age of 74. In his hometown, following his passing, there began an epic three-day festival and memorial service when more than 20,000 people in attendance to pay their respects. There were a number of notable names in attendance, with his pallbearers being boxing greats Mike Tyson and Lennox Lewis. Now, you guys know I love stories about a person who comes from humble beginnings, gets sort of like rocketed into the spotlight. Instead of becoming self-centered or out of touch, they use their platform to advocate, to help, to speak out for the marginalized and oppressed and voiceless. I mean, Muhammad Ali was iconic for his boxing, but his impact reached far, far beyond the ring. I'm also a huge fan of underdogs, are people who are chronically underestimated because it's just so satisfying watching them blow all the critics out of the water. It's just so great. Such a satisfying, fulfilling story. And it's always so hard to keep these things around 20 minutes because there's just so much to cover with these individuals. But I really hope that this helped you capture the essence of the making of a legendary boxer. And we all know he was the greatest trash talker in history. So, of course, he has a ton of epic quotes. But I wanted to share this one with you that really captures the depth, determination, and drive of the man that was Muhammad Ali. And it's also just an incredible quote. So, here it goes. Impossible is just a big word thrown around by small men who find it easier to live in the world they've been given than to explore the power they have to change it. Impossible is not a fact. It's an opinion. Impossible is not a declaration. So you can check us out on our website at madeofmetalpodcast.com and you can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook and that's Made of Metal, M-E-T-T-L-E. Oh, and you can check us out on YouTube as well. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. I love each 
and every one of you. So excited to be going into this new season. Thank you so much for everyone that's stuck with me along this way. Only going to get better from here. So stay tuned. And as always, you guys, please do not forget to bloom where you are planted. Thank you.